forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There are two basic statements today that, that every growing Christian in this room will, will have to agree with this, this morning. There, there are two statements that each and every one of us will have to come into agreement with. And let me share them with you. Number one, we have failed in the past. We got to be honest with ourselves and say, I have fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says, all have fallen short of God's glory. Every last one, the preacher, the deacon, the usher, the teacher, everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. And number two, we are dissatisfied with our present spiritual state. We are dissatisfied with our present spiritual state. Holler at me if you know I'm right about it. <laughs> we all fall short. We, we, we all, that is, we want to become more like our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, whether you know it or not, if you get to a place where you think you have arrived spiritually, you'll cease to grow in the Lord. By the same token, when you are willing to admit that there are areas where you need to grow, that is a sign of a maturing Christian. That, that right there is a sign, and it's in these verses today that we are given a glimpse into the life of the Apostle Paul. He lets us in on a secret that even he, <laughs> the great apostle Paul, that, that he had areas in his life that needed some work. Now, I don't know about you today, but, but that encourages me this morning. Not that I'm gloating in somebody else's failure, but if Paul, of all people, the, Paul, the one who wrote 75% of the New Testament, Paul, the one who was chosen uh, amongst the apostles to go and be the apostle to the Gentiles, Paul, who was a great evangelist, Paul, if he had some issues that he was still working on, that's not an excuse. I want to let you know that's not an excuse. It's just the truth. It's the truth. And it encourages me this morning because sometimes when we, when we examine our lives, because the first thing that Paul does in this is we see Paul's examination. We see his examination of his life. Philippians 3 and 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. NIV says, I do not consider myself to have apprehended it. I do not consider myself to have obtained it or attained it. In other words, he was being honest enough with himself to do an introspection. He didn't look at everybody else. He looked to him, himself, and said, as I consider this, I do not consider myself to have attained it. Paul had every reason, church, to be arrogant and puffed up. Paul had every reason to hold his, his chest up and keep his head high and, and say, oh, I'm the best of the best. 
Oh, I'm, I am the crown of righteousness. He had every reason to become puffed up and arrogant. Come on, God was using him to record the inspired word of God. He, he was a tremendous soul winner and preacher of the word of God. And then when you read verses 3 through 8, he began to share with you his pedigree, what his lineage was, where he, where he came from. If anyone should have had confidence in the flesh, Paul should have had some confidence. But I like this in verse number 7. He says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider it lost. Verse 8, he said, it's, it's mere rubbish. All my accomplishments, all the things that I, I have done, it's, it's rubbish. It matters not. He says, for the sake of Christ, it seemed that Paul had all his ducks in a row and was making the grade for Jesus. Anyone looking at his life would have considered that Paul had arrived. Oh yeah, he, he's arrived. And some of us, if, if we be honest with ourselves, we like people to think that we've arrived. But Paul, Paul said, no, not I. Even though Paul would say, follow me as I follow Christ, he still let the world know that I have not arrived. Someday I will enter into the very presence of God, but as long as I got this earth suit on, every now and then, every now and then, Although God says, go and sin no more, you may be, he said, we think it means being sinless. No, you will sin less. Hear this, he says. He knew the truth. And I wish many of us, I think we could be, we could get so much further if we be dishonest with ourselves. Be honest enough to say, I have not arrived. And I, I believe that's why sometimes we don't show up. I believe that's sometimes why, why we don't pray, because we think we already got enough of it. Already got enough word. Already got enough prayers in. It, we, we think we got prayers in reserve. And that, that when I want when I want to go to God and, and get a uh, withdrawal, that it should be there because I, I showed up to church at least two times out the month. So that, that ought to be enough that I can get a withdrawal because I've already made an investment. And then you show up to the ATM of the glory of God and you, you put your number in and all of a sudden you get a ticket out that says insufficient funds. Paul said, I haven't arrived. I need his glory. I, I need to be in his presence. Paul. Paul, Paul. Because we, we, we will make every excuse in the world. Oh, hey, hey, ain't, ain't, ain't no need of going to church all the time. Hey, do it really? Do it really take? Do, well, ain't no need of you going to work all the time. <laughs> Why? There's a rationale behind it. He says, I have not arrived. But he was still working towards the ultimate goal. To, 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 to be transformed into the image of God. See, and what happens is some of us become comfortable with salvation. With salvation. But Paul says, I, I don't just need salvation, I need transformation. 
I don't just need salvation, I need restoration. I don't just need salvation. But at some point, I want to be able to become just like him. <laughs> there ought to be some duplication. We, we ought to be duplicates of what we see in Christ Jesus. But oftentimes we get stuck at salvation. I ain't mad at nobody. I'm just telling the word of God. Here it is, here it is. And Paul's examination, again, what I like about him is he wasn't examining everybody else. And when we begin to put our sights and our eyes on what other people are doing or what they're not doing, well, they didn't go to church that much. Well, they didn't show up. Who are you following? Who are you going after? What are you pursuing? We'll set our sights on people. Paul said, no, no. Right about now, I need to consider me. And when I really assess my life, when I look at where I am, I have to be honest enough to say, I have not arrived. <laughs> I haven't arrived. He, he wasn't using, get this, he was not using his imperfections as justification to continue to wallow in sin. Because some, some, some people use that, you've heard the term, God ain't through with me yet. We'll, we'll say, please be patient with me because God ain't through with me yet. And we use that as a rationale when we cuss somebody out to say, you know what, well, God ain't through with me yet. When we go in places where we ought not go, when we're laying places we ought not lay, when we're looking at things we ought not look at, when we're listening to things we ought not listen to, we'll say, well, God ain't through with me yet. We, 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 we'll, we'll use that, well, I ain't perfect. But the Bible says, be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. It's, the, the word is saying we ought to be striving toward maturity. It's not an excuse to live unholy. It's not an excuse to throw in the towel. It's not an excuse to rest. It's not an excuse to lay down and, and, and give up. Because here's what, don't let your failures cause you to drop out of the race for the Lord Jesus. And if you have fallen, get back up. Get back up. Dust yourself off and start to run again. Get up. Dust yourself off and start to run again. Listen, Paul said, but... Whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss. For the sake of Christ, it seemed that Paul had all his ducks in a row, but he was going after God. Here, here's, be careful of those folks who say they got it all together. Be careful of those folks who, who like to boast about what they ain't never did. 
Because we'll talk about what we ain't never did, but we, we won't share what we have done. Here's the word, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. Galatians 6, 3 says, If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. In other words, he said, you're not that important. That's what the New Living Translation says. It adds to it, you're not that important. If you think you're that much, Although Paul had not reached perfection, he didn't sit still. Because when we hear things like this, we, we will see what we haven't attained and we will stop growing. But Paul says, no, 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 I, I can't stop. I got to get pick myself up, dust myself off, and get back in the race. So Paul examines Paul. He looks at Paul. He's looking at like a, a sprinter in the Olympic Games. And if you've ever ran track, in order to stay in your lane, you can't keep looking back. You can't keep looking at your neighbor. He's the author and finisher of your faith, not your neighbor. <laughs> they can be used as conduits to help you grow. But they're not the model. Jesus is the model. Amen? So Paul's examination, then, then we see Paul's exertion. Verse number 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. This one thing I, I do. Faith without works is dead. You have to expend some energy in this journey. You cannot relax in this journey. The race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but to the one who endures till the end. You have to expend some energy. He says, he says but this one thing I do. In other words, he has focus. If we're, we're ever going to reach the goal, if we're ever going to be the church that God is calling us to be in this hour, if we're ever going to accomplish and fulfill the mission of this church that we all exist here together to make disciples of Jesus Christ, to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ who love God passionately and others unconditionally, we have to be focused. Got to be focused. He, he established, if you will, priority. Seek ye first, Matthew 6, the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all other stuff going to be added unto you. You ain't got to worry about it. When you seek him, the other stuff going to come. I'm glad. Why do I know that? Because the Bible, when I seek him, I discover that part of God's characteristics is that he's Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. So all I got to do is seek him, and he shall provide. Here it is. Here it is. Priority. This speaks to one's priority in life. All other things, in other words, all other things take a back seat to this focus. All other things take a back seat to this focus. It comes first and foremost in his life. 
It's priority. It's priority. Then, not only is it priority, he's prudent. He's prudent in this. It, it is better to concentrate on one task and do it well than try to do a host of everything. You got to be intentional. You got to be focused. Can't be a jack of all trades and master of nothing. <laughs> Get focused. And when you, it's, it's typical that most people who, are, who learn to be successful in one thing, the same success principles that they've used in that one thing opens doors to others. Because they're not trying to create that door. They, they, they do this and it come to them. They don't have to go after it. It come after them. Is this helping somebody? Are y'all still with me? Listen, listen. He's prudent. He's prudent. We cannot be burning the candle at both ends or sticking too many irons in the fire. It's not productive. We got to concentrate on doing one thing well. And, and the most important thing you ought to do well is walk with God. Get your walk straight. It will, it will line everything else up in your life. Paul, Paul's like an Olympic athlete. He, Paul was a, a specialist. <laughs> he specialized in this. And anyone who, who any man who excels in something, he has a specialty. A specialty. If you want to know the secret of Paul's success, it is that Paul had a one-track mind. Nothing was as important to him as pleasing the Lord. It was his highest priority. Philippians 3.10. Here's how I know this. Because if you go, go up in the text, here's what you find. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Verse number 8, he says, what is more? What is more? I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Philippians 1.21 says, For to me, to live is Christ. To live is Christ and to die is gain. When you say it was a priority in his life, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. And in the fellowship of his suffering. He must really love Jesus. Because I, I think, if I be honest, I would have been cool with the power of the resurrection. But that suffering stuff. But th th there is no glory, there is no resurrection without something dying. So what he's saying, I'm willing to make a sacrifice and lose some things for the sake of Christ. I'm, I'm willing to make a sacrifice and set some things behind me for the sake of Christ. It's exertion. Paul is focused. He's focused. Not only is he, is he focused, but he's forgetting. 
he's forgetting. He says, he says, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting is, is not looking back in an unproductive way. For, forgetting means that it ceases to affect you. Because all too often, we let the past affect us in our present. Get this. It does, he's not saying you exclude the blessings of your past. He's not saying you exclude those blessings. Oh, yes, understand what God has done in your life. He's not stating that you exclude your failures in your past. Because it's your failures in your past that's going to make you aware of, of not making those same failures as you move into your future. And it will make you say, I need to get closer to God. So, so yeah, remember those things. But don't let it cease you. Don't let it uh, affect your life. Here it is. If you run with your eye on past successes even, here's what happens. If you run with your eye on past successes, then you will have the tendency to lay back and rest on your accomplishments. You can't even set your sights on what you did in your past that was good. Because you know how some of us are, didn't I give enough? I've already given and we not we, we'll miss that the reason that God wants us to give he said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive is that it it helps us to not become so self-inflated I can't even look at my past accomplishments folks who come to churches it, it happens all the time and they give you their resume what all they've done don't mean it fit. We, we, we like using our spiritual accomplishments as it's a crown of righteousness on our head. That, that it ought to open the door for us. No, that's what you did then. What are you doing now? Well, I remember, man, I, I went to New York and we worked with five, six hundred kids in the park. Oh, my goodness. Twenty folks came to know the Lord. God was so good. Well, what are you doing now? Oh, I saw God move. Do you see him moving today? We love to talk. Oh, I remember at my last church, and, and we had all-night prayer. Y'all only did it one time. Stop looking at your spiritual accomplishments and think about what am I doing for God today? What am I doing for God now? Not only looking back at your, at your past accomplishments will cause you to lay back and rest. You know, Wills, it's somebody else's turn. <laughs> my, my term is up. Your term is up when they put you in the box, <laughs> when you matriculate to glory, my time is up. I, I've done enough. I've served. <laughs> I've kept the faith. If you run with your eye on your, 
has failures, then you will tend to stay back for fear of failing again. Not only will you lay back and rest in your accomplishments, but you'll stay back in fear of ever even trying again when you look at your failures. Don't worry about what other folks are doing. Don't worry about what other folks say it. He says, put those things behind you. Your duty is to run to please the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we run, he should be the sole focus of our attention. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter, there it is, of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He said, let us throw off everything. He said, put Put it behind me. Put it, put it behind me. You know there are some folk like to bring up your stuff, bring up your past, and you just need to say, that's, man, that's, that's behind me. That's behind me. Man, I remember you used, to hit a, you, you used to hit a three all the way from the half court line, man. That's, <laughs> that's behind me. I can't, I can't do that no more. And there are some things you got to put behind you. Some of us have made some mistakes in our lives, and now we think we are what we did. You got to put it behind you. Put it behind you. It doesn't matter where I'm going. Let me see. Come on, stand up. Just put it behind you. Put it behind you. No matter where you go, folk want to bring it up, put it behind you. Come on, walk, walk with me. Walk with me. Just put it behind you. No matter where you're going, put it behind you. Put it behind you. Put it behind you. Uh-huh. Yeah. They say I cheated on something. It's behind me. <laughs> they, they say I lied. It's lie behind me. It, it's behind me. It's behind me. It's, they, 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 they said, you know what? You, you'll never amount to anything, and it used to bother me. But guess what? It's behind me. It's behind me. But there are some things you got to put before you. We got to put grace before us. Come here, come here. We, we, we got to put mercy before us. Let, let's spin around here. Go, go, go on toward the front. I'm going to put this, this grace and mercy in front of me. They in front of me. They, they lead me. That's, that's the word in front of me. But all that other stuff you want to bring up, me being on some tracks, drunk, and locked up, oh, that's all behind me. He says, put those things behind you and you reach forward. Grace is before me. Favor is before me. All this stuff, it's got to go. It's got to go. Set on down. It's got to go. It's behind you. Set on down. It's behind you. Set on down. It's behind you. Set on down. It's behind you. But grace and mercy is on my left and on my right. I need grace and mercy. Come on, grab me. Grab me, grace. Take hold of me, grace. See, the thing about grace and mercy, you let all that other stuff go and grace and mercy will overtake you. It will cover you. It will shelter you under the shadow of the almighty God. It will keep you. Now, this means y'all got to stay up here for the rest of the sermon. I, I need grace and mercy. 
stick with me. Them other folk had to sit down. <laughs> Y'all can be seated, thank you. <laughs> Put it behind you. Put it behind you and fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. You, we we got to forget some things. Then, then listen, we got to be fervent. We got to be fervent. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He said, reaching forth unto those things which are before. He starts, he says, behind has got to be replaced with before. Behind has got to be replaced with before. It is not what you have done in the past, be it good or bad, but what you can do in the future. That is important in your spiritual pursuit. That's what matters. He, I, I like this. He said in the NIV version, he says, not only am I reaching forward, he said, I'm straining. What, what, what my track folk had in the house? Lift your hands, track people, track. Why y'all lift them high, lift them high. Come on. <laughs> she, said, she put that, that was way back then. I know the principle. I can't do it no more. That's, I was wondering why them hands didn't go up. <laughs> Folks looking like, they don't, they don't look like they ran track down. I don't know. <laughs> so you ain't glorying in your past. <laughs> so, so straining, it's, it's as if you're, you're almost at the finish line. And a runner, when they're approaching the finish line, they, they're straining to get there. They're giving all their might. They're giving everything that's within them. And have you ever seen the, the runners that if they have a baton, they'll stretch forth like this to put the baton in the next person's hand. They're stretching. And if they're coming to the finish line, they'll stick their chest out to go over the finish line. They're stretching. If we're ever going to get there and fulfill this thing that God is calling us to, it's going to stretch you. You have to reach forward. You got to strain forward. I know there's some trouble in your life. You got to keep reaching. I know some people that walked out. You got to keep reaching. I know there are some people who have let you down. You got to keep reaching. I know you made some mistakes in your life, but you got to keep reaching forward. Keep straining forward. We're moving forward. We're He's reaching out with all he has to be sure that he wins the race. Can you honestly say that you're straining to reach the goal? Are you stretching yourself to reach the goal? I, this year, I've decided I'm going to stretch myself. In my giving, with what God has opened up in my life, I should be giving more. That, that's what I looked at last year. It, when I looked at my giving, I had a goal in mind. And when I set the goal that, Lord, by this time next year, I want to have given, given much more than that. 30% more than what I gave the year prior. Can you believe because I set that goal, God opened doors? telling you, you got to strain. You got to say, Lord, I'm going to strain to get there to do your will, and God will open doors for you to do it. 
Is there some witnesses here today that know God will do it? When you make, when you make a commitment for the kingdom of God, for most believers, the Christian life is a hit or miss proposition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that is, we just kind of take it as it comes. We just, just let it happen instead of striving and straining to get there. If we succeed for the Lord, then praise him, praise his name. <laughs> if we happen to stumble and fall, it's, oh, well, I'll try and do better to, tomorrow. Now, Paul, he says, no, I'm, I'm striving and straining to be all that God has called me to be. And every now and then I fall because I'm trying to move too fast. But I want to get there. I want to get there. We, we, we got to have fervency. We got to have fervency. He says, I press toward the mark. Verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You got to have fervency. I press toward the mark. The press is fervency. It's tenacity. You will not reach many goals, especially spiritual goals, without fervency and tenacity. You have to be intentional. What's that song? All things are working for my good. He's intentional. I'm, I'm telling you, God is intentional. The Bible says he, he goes around to and fro seeking whom he might be able to bless. God, God want to bless somebody. But you got to be intentional to be in the right place at the right time for God to pour out his spirit on us. He, you don't get anything. Nothing just happens. You got to be intentional to press toward that thing. Come on. Some of us in here, we were so intentional when, when the Powerball hit one billion. Oh, we set goals. Oh, yeah, we had a strategy. Oh, we, we went and made sure that we bought a Powerball ticket morning, noon, and night. I wish we would pray morning, noon, and night. We, we were intentional. We, we was, they showed lines on the news that stretched around a block. A people standing in line to get a Powerball ticket because they had in mind that if I win, see Paul had in mind, he says I'm stretching and straining because I want to win. I don't know about you today, but I want to win. Lifeway, we're called to win. We're called to be victorious. We had made all kind of plans, boy, if I hit it big. We already had in mind who we gonna take out of our phone contact list. They, I ain't calling them no more. We've already decided because the last time I borrowed some from them, they kept calling me. I said I'd get it in a week, but it was a month and a half before I got it. I'm taking a number out my phone. You set goals. Oh, if I win this money, I'm gonna buy my mama a house, my mama a car, my daddy with his no good self, he ain't getting nothing. You had plans. We had goals in mind of what we would do 
We got to have a plan, church, to get there together and win. Here it is. Here it is. You, you, it, it don't just happen. Not only when it came to folks who was trying to win this bill. Some of us scratch off like that. We, we'll, we'll do more scratch off than tithe. And the Bible says, he said, test me in this and see won't I open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. He said, try me in this. You done tried everything else. Every scratch off. Get, um, give me this one. Give me that, that one right there. You, you mean, man, I said give me this one. Pull that one out. I won, on, I won 50 on that last week. I'm going to try it again. We have to be intentional if we want to be a winner. You want to be a winner. And that, that's what I like about Steph Curry. He's a winner on and off the court. <laughs> see, people, people, we see what, what Steph do on the court. Y'all know who Steph Curry is. You, you got to be living in a rock or under a bowl to not know who Steph Curry is. If you don't, I, I, ain't, I ain't tripping on you. But the boy bad. He, he bad. He's a winner. You're looking at a winner when you see him. And he, he's a winner for Jesus too. But what he's able to do on the court. They, they, they said, they said last, see last year he was the MVP. They won the world title in the NBA. They won the title and he was the, the league MVP. But here's, they said this year, they've increased, they've gotten better than they were last year. How you MVP? And they saying you the most improved. I thought if you was MVP, that was it. You couldn't go no higher. But I've learned that he don't just get on the court and perform, but he's intentional in his training, and he's, he's persevering in his training, his off-the-court regiment and ritual of what he does. They say he shoot a 1,000 shots a week. And 90 minutes before the game starts, he's in the gym and he's shooting around. They said what he do before the game begins would exhaust the average player in a game. Because he's intentional. He's intentional. And when you're intentional, when you're fervent, look at what happens. Favor comes. <laughs> Favor comes when you're focused, when you have fervency, favor comes. He says that I might do what? He, he had expectation. Church, we got to have expectation. Don't just show up and not have some expectation. He said that I might, I'm doing all this, watch this, he says, I press toward the mark for the prize. He had an expectation in mind. There was a reward. Steph Curry and them, they're, they're playing for a trophy. We're playing for the kingdom of God. Do you not know you're on the court and you're on the field right now? You're preparing for game day. But you got to be intentional. You got to come in and listen with, with your ears intently that you might go into the world and let your light so shine. Being intentional. That when you come to worship, you, you worship before you get to worship. 
You pray before you get to prayer. Intentional. So if they're playing for a trophy, how much more we need to be intentional when we're playing for glory? For the glory of God, we ought to be intentional. He said there's a prize. There's favor. There's, there's something in this. And listen at how he characterizes this prize. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize. And he says, that prize is of a high calling. Of a high calling. See, do you know how highly this is? This ought not be taken lightly. You should hold what you're hearing today in high regard. And when you do so with fervency, when you do so with focus, God is going to pour out his favor. And not only is it a high call, it will lift you up higher. But we got to be committed. We, we, we got to be committed. And what I like, Matthew 25, 21 said, the, the master replied to his, to his servant, he said, well done. Thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few. Now I'll make you ruler over many. When you come, intentional. He says, now, now bask in my joy. Some of us ain't got no joy, ain't got no peace. It's about your pursuits. What are you pursuing? Power, prestige, popularity, or are we pursuing the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus? Let us pray. Father, we come before you today. We understand that we have not attained it. But we're grateful today that when we were faithless, you were faithful. You're always right there. And you're still yet working on us. You, you have not given up on us. You have not given us into a reprobate mind. But Lord, you see our future. And what you have begun in us, you're able to carry it to completion. So, Lord, we, we say today that we come before you and we know we cannot complete ourselves, but we need you to complete us. My boo, my friend, my, my neighbor, they can't complete me, but you can do it, oh God. With your love and your grace, make us over Restore unto us the joy of our salvation. As we seek you, as we go after you, as we cry out unto you, as we pursue you, Lord, renew us afresh. Give us strength, O oh God that we can continue to run this Christian race. That in the end, you might say, well done, 
thy good and faithful servant. You didn't say perfect servant, but faithful. Faithful servant. Lord, we declare this year that we want the rest of our lives to be the best of our lives. That this year there will be an outpouring of favor. Why? Because we're pursuing you unlike ever before. We're straining, we're pressing toward the mark of the high calling. We're establishing goals and strategies, Lord, that we might be able to serve you more in our homes, with our mates, and with our children. We might serve you in our churches and in our communities. We're straining. We're making a commitment this year, oh God, to give unlike ever before. To support your kingdom agenda and not our own personal agendas. We're so grateful. Lord, and although we sometimes try to humbly say that we're not going after a prize, but if, if truth be told, Lord, we want to hear those words.